If you're a church elder, it means that you've felt a call by God to help lead your church through whatever comes your way during your term. It means you've committed to leading your church spiritually and you're likely passionate about supporting staff and other lay leaders. And if you're a church elder, I'd like to say right off the bat, on behalf of all church staff and members everywhere, thank you very much. And in most churches, regardless of theology or denomination, elders have a lot in common. They've usually been asked to serve by somebody who believes they would do a good job. Most elders have self-identified as somebody who believes that giving their time and talents to their local church is something that they're called to do. Most elders bring various skills and knowledge from their workplaces to create a well-rounded team. And most elders enjoy seeing people get to know Jesus and watching their church grow. And amongst all of these things and others, there's one other thing that church elders have in common. Most church elders haven't been on staff at a church before. And this is something that, of course, we would expect. Typically, elders are church members who started attending their church while working somewhere else, not because they started working at that church. But sometimes this causes a disconnect between elders teams and staff teams, and here's why. There are many unique work environments, but none of them are quite like working at a church. Now, I haven't worked in every industry, but you know, I've been around, I've spent some time here and there. My first jobs growing up were in Niagara Falls, Ontario, where I worked in the tourism district. I've done my fair share of retail in places like Walmart, Staples, and Winners. I've worked at a golf course and a gas station at summer camps, at group homes, at the YMCA, and for eight great years, Lauren and I owned and operated a landscaping company. I've had bosses, I've been the boss, I've had critics, I've been the critic. I've had jobs where I leave work at work and I've had jobs where I'm on call 24 seven. But I can tell you this, none of those workplaces are like working at a church because working at a church is this unique mix of worldview, employment, and lifestyle that's just hard to describe unless you've done it. And because we at Church Helper know that most elders haven't worked in a church before, we would like to pull back the curtain just a little bit and help elders understand and empathize with church staff. We know that there are some things that elders just don't think about, not because they're not thoughtful, but because ministry is so different than any other workplace. So we're going to spend a bit of time helping you get to know your staff. And we're, this week, we are going to start with children's ministry leaders. So if you're a staff member or an elder who would like to share a more common language and work together more tightly knit as a team, then stick around because the Church Helper Podcast starts right now. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of the Church Helper Podcast. Our mission here at Church Helper is to help churches make every decision on purpose. My name is Mike, and I'm excited to help you and your church staff and elders teams get on the same page today. So let's get going. And this week is our first in our four-week series, Getting to Know Your Staff, where we take some time to dive into the lives and job descriptions of those who work in a church to help elders better understand how they think why they make the decisions they make, and where they need the most help. So if you're a church staff member, now is the time to connect an elder with this content and to sign up for our weekly emails because it's going to help your relationship with them a lot. 
And if you're an elder, make sure you forward this to the rest of your team so that you're all speaking the same language. And speaking of the same language, every church calls this role something a little different. It could be a children's ministry leader, pastor, director, or coordinator. For our purposes today, we're just going to use the word leader. All right, I think that's enough of the preamble. Let's get into it. The three things every elder should know about children's ministry leaders. Number one, it's a huge job. Often when people think of children's ministry leaders, they think of their kid's Sunday school teacher or the person who hands out Bibles at the front or the enthusiastic leader who does a mid-service object lesson. But for every minute children's ministry leaders spend in front of a crowd, they spend hours prepping for it. And here's just a few things that your children's ministry leader needs to think about every single week. Lesson planning. Okay, we'll get the obvious one out of the way first. Each week, your children's ministry director needs to figure out what the kids are going to learn. Wait, sorry, what was that? Oh, you think that's what curriculum is for. Right, I get that. Many people today think that all you need to do is open that shiny PDF or download a short video, put it on the screen, and boom, the job is done. Well, let me tell you a secret about curriculum. It's never that easy. One of the biggest misconceptions about curriculum is that it's ready to go out of the box. Now, I've worked with a ton of different kids' ministry curriculums, and all of them need at least a little bit of adjusting based on the size of your ministry, the ages of your kids, and who's teaching the lesson that week. One children's ministry leader reached out to us and said this about other people's perception of curriculum. Quote, People think that any lesson is taken straight from the curriculum. I tend to rewrite lessons to cater to our kids' ages and how they learn best, verbally, physically, etc. Now, curriculum is indeed helpful as a resource for children's ministry leaders, and they wouldn't want to go without it but it's far from plug and play. Most leaders spend a lot of time each week getting ready for a 10 minute Bible lesson that could be derailed by one kid shouting, ew, Jamie farted. (laughs) It's a fun part of the job, but it still takes a lot of work. Organizing volunteers. You ask any children's ministry leader, and we asked a whole bunch in the past few months, and they'll tell you that one of their biggest struggles is finding volunteers. And finding them is tough enough, but then they need to be trained and well-equipped to do their tasks. They usually have varying talents and varying schedules or availability. And here's what one children's ministry leader said when we asked them about volunteers. Quote, we rely on them so much. It takes an army to staff the rooms, personalities, gifting or not. So trouble placing willing volunteers, preparedness, etc., for a ton of people every week It's exhausting. Children's ministry just can't run without volunteers, and they're often some of the kindest, most wonderful people in the church. But that kindness also leads to another challenge that children's ministry leaders face. They almost never want to hurt your feelings. And because of that, volunteers almost always cancel at the last minute. In all the years Lawrence and I worked in kids' ministry, I can count on one hand the amount of times we didn't get a Saturday evening email that started with, hey, I'm so sorry, this is coming at the last minute. That left Lauren scrambling to message backup leaders while finishing her dinner. Talk to your children's ministry leader. I guarantee it happens to them. And there's one more hurdle that I really need to tell you about that all children's ministry leaders face. People that are good with kids are usually really good at something else. Something 
that might look like a more skilled or needed position. For example, if you have somebody who would be an awesome kids ministry volunteer, but they're also a great worship leader, then children's ministry leaders are often on the outside looking in at that volunteer. It's weird to talk about fighting for volunteers, but honestly, there just isn't another ministry in the church that loses more volunteers this way. Balancing weekly and seasonal events. There's a phrase that ministry leaders sometimes use to describe their week. The phrase is, Sunday's always coming. It means that no matter what else is on the week, you've always got to be ready in another six days. But there's lots of other things that are coming for children's ministry leaders too. Christmas programs or vacation Bible schools are just a couple of seasonal events that children's ministry leaders always have on their minds. And the funny thing is about them is that they always need to be planned in the off season. Have you ever tried to get into a full-on Christmas spirit in July? I'd guarantee your children's ministry leader has. You should ask them about it. There's probably a couple of good stories in there. Buying supplies. Here's a question. How many crayons do you need for every kid to color with a red crayon at the same time? The answer, always one more than you have. Now, when it comes to supplies, most children's ministry leaders have the local dollar stores mapped out in their heads, including which ones have the best deal on various art materials and stationery, but no matter how much planning you do, there's always something that's gonna come up last minute. One week, Lauren and I had a way bigger turnout at an event than we expected, and while our 10 a.m. church service was beginning their opening song, we were racing across the street to buy 30 containers of Play-Doh. Have you ever done that? I would guess not, because you have a regular job. <laughs> but it all worked out, we had tons of fun, and in the end, it was just another day in children's ministry. Communicating with parents. The thing about kids is that they're never gonna remember to tell their parents anything. So every children's ministry leader needs to have a good communication strategy. Usually, this includes email, posters, handouts, newsletter articles, verbal announcements, annual reports, and social media use. And what does that all mean? It means most children's ministry leaders need to be their own copywriters, their own graphic designers, and their own print shop. And communicating with today's parents happens almost exclusively in a digital world, meaning children's ministry leaders are also fielding emails and text messages throughout the week about things that are already on the website, already in the weekly email, and are already posted in the halls. Managing spaces. Hey, here's a fun, I mean, they're all fun ones, but here's a fun one. Did you know that many children's ministry leaders have a touch of interior designer in them? I mean, they almost have to, they're often managing multiple room setups and configurations for different ages and stages, while also trying to make sure the rooms look safe and bright and welcoming and are laid out in an engaging and not distracting way. It's quite the balance of work, but when they get it right, it's a lot of fun and they get pretty excited. Budgeting. Children's ministry leaders need to figure out how much it's gonna to cost to run their ministry for the year, and sometimes that's hard because you don't know what you're gonna run out of, and you don't know what a kid is gonna break. Something we hear is that often it's difficult to justify spending to those who aren't always familiar with their ministry. It's not unusual for a children's ministry leader to feel the question like, hey, I see you've budgeted for 50 pool noodles in February. Is that really something that you need? Budgeting is a fun way to look ahead to the following year, but it takes a lot of time 
and planning and dreaming and thinking ahead. The best of the rest. I could keep going with more details, but I'll just say this. In addition to everything I've already mentioned, most children's ministry leaders are also in charge of overseeing safety training and protocols, knowing what kids have allergies or other specific needs, what happens when a kid gets hurt or sick, what happens when there's a fire or an intruder, uh, handling family pastoral care needs, knowing if, when, and how to call family services, and how to deal with a code brown. And if you've never heard of a code brown, well, I hope for your sake, it stays that way. Look, here's the point. It's an enormous job. One that takes a vast skill set, a ton of creativity, and an abundance of patience. And it also requires something else. And that's the second thing you need to know about your children's ministry leader. Number two, the most important skill in children's ministry is administration. This might sound odd, because most of the time when you think about a children's ministry leader, you think of somebody who's really good with kids. And that's true. You do need somebody who understands how kids think and how they learn. After all, we're trying to teach them something very, very important. But a children's ministry leader who doesn't have excellent organization and administration skills, and I mean really good, that's gonna make the whole ministry suffer and the whole thing is gonna trickle down to one another. Because not only is everything on that list of tasks that I just rattled off a minute ago stuff that they need to do every week, but also each one is very dependent on the next one. There's really very little room for error on a Sunday morning or in a midweek program. One tantrum, one communication breakdown with a parent or one volunteer who doesn't know they're on this week can be the difference between a smooth Sunday and a complete mess. And this means that when supporting your children's ministry leader, administration might be one of the biggest places that they could use your help or a little bit more space in their budget. They do have a never-ending list of things that need to be done and prioritized, and they've usually got them written down on a calendar in order of most urgent and mostly urgent. So the next time you're in a meeting with your children's ministry leader and he or she hasn't got to something yet or they're hopping from one thought to the next, it's probably not because they're not organized and they don't know what's on their list. It's because they've just got a lot going on and they haven't got there yet. So give them a little bit of grace and ask them how you can help. Number three, children's ministry leaders want to be spiritual influencers, not babysitters. To be totally honest, when I was going to sit down and write this, this isn't something that I saw coming, but it showed up in the majority of the responses that we heard from when we contacted children's ministry leaders. It turns out a lot of them feel like babysitters. Look at these quotes. This family ministry pastor said, quote, kids ministry is not just babysitting. 80% to 90% of people who will become Christians do so before the age of 14. So kids ministry should be set up to reach the greatest mission field in our culture with the gospel. Another leader said, my job is to lead children and families in their discipleship journey, not provide and organize childcare. Another said, this is a ministry, not just childcare. We are creating the foundation for lifelong relationships with Christ. We are intentional about the lessons they learn, the activities they do, and the people they get to interact with. And finally, one leader said this when talking about what her elders thought of her job. Quote, they sometimes think my job is to occupy the kids, babysit, 
or find something for them to do during an event or worship experience. We are a part of the ministry of the church, not childcare. They aren't the future of the church. They are the church. These are just a handful of the responses that we received, but I assure you there were many more. And maybe this is something that you've never considered. It wasn't at the forefront of my mind when I started this, but now that it's there, it's something that we really shouldn't forget. The people leading your children's ministry want to teach your kids about Jesus, and they want parents to know that that's important, and they want their elders to know that that's important. Spiritual development in kids is so important, and as elders, it's essential that your children's ministry leaders know that you value the spiritual growth in the kids in your church. So what can you do? As an elder, what steps can you take? First, you've already taken a step. Today, you took some intentional time to sit down and learn about your children's ministry leader. And that's huge. So thanks so much for doing that. Second, you can use some of the content today and start a dialogue with the people who do children's ministry at your church. Show them this and then ask them, does any of this strike a chord? Or is there something we can do better to help you with your job? Third, come ready to do something. If you're going to start a conversation with your children's ministry leader about how to help, please don't end the conversation with, well, we'll be thinking about you. Try to come in with a small, small way to help. Maybe that's a little bit more time for them to work. Or maybe it's offering to help them with just a couple of things to get them off of their plate. Finally, make sure that they feel appreciated. This is huge. It doesn't need to be a grand gesture all the time but something should happen often. A short note or a card with a coffee's worth of Starbucks, it goes a long way. And this is easy to do. If you've got six elders, then just maybe each of you write one note and stagger them every other month and give them to your children's ministry leader. You could all write them together at the same meeting and then just stagger their release. However you do it, make sure that they feel loved and appreciated because that's gonna be the fuel that keeps them going week after week. And we all know that we want our children and our kids and our church to feel supported and to understand and to learn about the love of Jesus. Hey, thanks again for joining us today on the Church Helper Podcast. If there's someone in your life you think should see this content, but they're not a podcaster or a YouTuber, we've got you covered. Head over to our website, churchhelper.ca slash podcast for a printable transcript of today's episode. Check out some earlier episodes of the podcast on mission drift or identifying methods. And always feel free to reach out to us with any questions you might have. We love every chance we get to help churches make every decision on purpose. My name is Mike, and I'll talk to you again really soon.